0: This episode features two guests, Edgar and Ashley. They are the hosts of a podcast called La Gente. We had a really good time talking to them on this episode. They, Ashley and Edgar, interviewed me um, right after. So please make sure to check out their podcast, La Gente podcast. You can find the episode. It was published on December 4th. Please subscribe to them. Welcome to the Queer Arabs Podcast. This is Alia and Ellie and we are the Queer Arabs. I'm Saudi American and queer.
1: I'm bi-trans Lebanese and we're recording with
0: Le Podcast. Podcast. It is Ashton here
2: and this is Edgar.
0: So good to have you. Uh, I really like when we talk to other podcasters. I agree just so the listeners know we started out with tech issues we tried three different platforms trying to connect zoom skype and google hangouts and we're finally all on one call and we think it's mercury and retrograde because there's no other explanation but we're finally together. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I don't even. I, be- I don't even believe in this, and I'm calling Mercury in retrograde this time.
3: All right. Hey. Same.
1: Even you're convinced. I'm like look, Mercury.
3: <laughs> I don't even know um, if we are in retrograde like right now, but I don't even care because it's Mercury right now.
0: It actually, apparently, we are in retrograde until. Okay. No, oh, November good. 20th, I heard.
3: <laughs> well, there you go.
0: Yeah. I guess to start out, when did you start your podcast? So
3: I started it a year ago and I started it um with um, another host. I started it in September um, of 2018. And we had a good vibe, you know, like going. And the idea was, I had some podcast equipment um, at work, and I was like, I want to start a podcast. <laughs> and I asked my best friend if, um, if he was down, and he said he was. Um, and the next step, um, you know, um, it was to choose a topic. And we thought we talk about, um, you know, the issues of people of color. Um, we'd have a good topic, um, you know, to talk about. Because um, I'm passionate, um, he's passionate, so we just got it going. Um, he had to go, um, you know, like, due to um, his personal issues. But then I brought on, um, like, this guy right here. Me. Nice. And I think he started in January with me, right? I think so. So it's almost a year that um, it's the two of us. Congratulations. i have been doing this. Yay. Yeah. And, and I think... And I think that's just it. It was just like um, a spur of the moment. I had a boss and he was like, we've got some, some podcast equipment in the office. You should start a podcast. He motivated me. And then I brought some people in, you know, to do it because who wants to do it? Um, alone Um, so yeah I think that's it
0: that's so cool I agree it's so much it's so much more fun to have a co-host
3: yeah if it's just you you're just like I don't know who to make fun of like I don't know (laughs) what like you know what I mean right exactly like co-hosts can make fun
0: of each other relentlessly yeah Um,
3: and
1: we do that a lot plus it's always good to have somebody to tell you no maybe that's a terrible idea yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i get yeah that's true exactly yeah if i were doing this by myself i would be yeah i don't know how many bad decisions i would make so i'm really glad ellie's there to check me once in a while um and
1: i would make so many bad decisions
3: yeah <laughs> It's a lot of work too. Like, it's a lot of work if you're just doing it um, on your own, you know? Yeah. So it's really nice, um, you know, to have someone else, you know, who can help you out with that.
0: Ellie takes care of all the technical stuff, which is time consuming. Just that, like the website, maintenance whatever else comes up tech-wise, and then I deal with social media, reaching out to guests, and um, editing. And both aspects take a lot of work, and I can't imagine one person taking on all of that. I, I like the teamwork. If I
1: can ask, what's your split?
0: Ooh, I honestly do like the fair minimum
2: because of my knowledge and skills of tech and marketing and all of this stuff. Really, Ashley's the big trooper here. She does the editing. Uh, she had been doing the outreach for a while. I I did the outreach for some of her guests here and there. And I do, like, the show notes. I do the follow-up with guests most of the time.
3: Nice. But
2: really, Ashley's the one doing the... Can
3: you step up his game is what he's trying to say. Yeah, basically.
2: Actually, <laughs> doing the editing and, like, the creating of materials. She's doing everything.
3: Whoa. Yeah, that's a then lot. Then again,
2: I did...
1: I, yeah, I get the feeling an
2: add-on, so <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's it, it's I just feel like it's easier um um you know cuz I do this already um in my job so like I already know how to do this um, on a day to day so I know like um I need to show him but like it's like um I'll just do it anyway you know cuz I know how and then yeah. um I need to teach him like <laughs> Yeah, but
0: I can not need him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
3: feel like, I, I mean, I know
0: Ellie would be great with editing and stuff, but I feel like editing is, it's really hard to split that. Because once you're like in the zone with editing one episode, I feel like splitting it, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. So I totally get it.
1: We could always take turns.
0: We could take turns. Exactly. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but and I, I would be
1: totally I, up for it
0: i know i know i just feel i just feel like you have enough already with like all the tech stuff because i don't know what i'm doing at all with that aspect i
1: think you're handling the tech aspects you handle extremely well and i think and i definitely count video and audio editing as a technical skill okay that's a, a fair highly point. technical skill
0: okay that's a fair point <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the ego boost yeah. Okay, uh, so Edgar and Ashley, can you talk about um, your backgrounds, your, like, individual backgrounds? Sure,
2: I'll I'll start this time. Sweet. So, let's see, how far in life do we want to go?
0: As far as you want. Okay,
2: <laughs> let's do this. About me, I am an immigrant. I am brown with melanin. Let's see, I'm from, yeah, so I'm from Mexico. I came to the United States around 2005. Um, got U.S. citizenship, I think around 20, uh, 2008, 2007, around that time. I've been, I mean, I've been living in the United States ever since I came here in 2005. I think there was just like one gap that I wasn't here in around 2006, and that was because we were deported. And I don't even know how that happened. Because we were going often, uh, because we live in San Diego and like we're next to TJ, so like my family would go back and forth like a lot during the weekends, just like visit family and whatnot. Because we still have to be there, and then at some point something had happened and the officer the cbp officer was like you guys are not supposed like i guess we weren't supposed to leave i don't know what the what our application was at the moment because my dad was handling all of that and i was still a little young to like be into all of that paperwork it was a lot of work because i when i would fill out paperwork at school i was i would keep asking my parents like are we like residents the citizens like do we have a visa like what is the Like, what is our status? What do I put here? Um, But yeah, anyway, I just missed like one year and like one year was kind of a lot just like in general, especially for that age.
0: Yeah, totally. Um,
2: And then I just came back and sort of resumed my life. Uh, I still had the same friends, came back to the same community, uh, same people around. Uh, But yeah, everything fell back into place as it was before, if anything, even better. Um, and yeah i've been here ever since um just living life and yeah
0: even for an adult like this the whole process is so fucking complicated it's it ridiculous. is yeah i
2: can just like and like just right now with like our current climate i can just like every time i see people or like headlines of immigrants are going through this and refugees are going through that i'm like I don't want to be the person to say that could have been me because that's kind of saying like I don't know I, I have some feels whenever I hear that those words of people saying like oh that could have been me but it's not you know it's like okay like what does that do for the people who are affected you know just say that you feel compassionate about it and feel that oh, say that you feel empathy and sympathy for him. um you don't have to say like oh good thing it wasn't, you know oh,
3: um, it's because people I feel think- like um, you know, like, people are trying to make them fit in in the situation. Like, it's not about you. It's about them right now. And they always want to make it about themselves. Yeah. Instead of just, oh, like, um, I feel for you. Um, you know, they say, well, I'm just glad I wasn't at the target exactly. at that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just, like, sucks, you know, because we always try to make it about us yeah i'm guilty about that
0: interesting i had i had never thought about it from that angle
1: i would argue that saying it could have been me is also a good way of eliciting empathy for people who wouldn't otherwise have any sympathy or empathy for the people in that situation yeah you no know? Know
2: that's that's another thing that i was gonna add on um, to say like they, you know you can have a mix of both or even somewhere in between and really it, it really just comes down to the person their intentions but in general whenever you know you feel the vibe of some people when they're like oh that could have been me haha good thing it wasn't you know but that was that was my direct statement towards the people who are like yeah i'm glad it wasn't but you know look at that
0: okay i get it so it's basically it's more like yeah the intention and like the audience like who you're talking to correct matters yeah makes sense that's that's really interesting insight Edgar, if you want to add anything, um, go for it. Otherwise, Ashley... Yeah,
3: Um. I never know what to say when they ask me this. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know where to start. I don't know, um, you know like, what's interesting um, and what's not. But um, I grew up here um, in San Diego. I'm the youngest um, of six. Um, I was born here, but um, I did have a dad. He got deported um, like five times. And the first time he did, I was like... um. You know, like four um or five years old. I don't remember anything, but I just remembered um I was asleep and they came um and they knocked like um at the middle of the night and like were just like I'm trying to take your dad like I didn't even know what was happening but like I still remember it as like um it's like flashes um of scenes. Yeah. But I like I only remember um you know, like my mom was like, Hey like go to the room, like go to the room and then um, the next thing I knew, um, like my dad wasn't in San Diego anymore. It's like troubling, and especially um, I feel like now it's like harsh because um, I had um, um, I had a mom here still, right? But there are a couple people um, who don't have their parents, who um, like both of their parents um, are deported, and they don't have that support system. So. I mean, um, especially um, today, I saw um, a friend of mine or um, a mentee um, I used to have, his parents um, were taken away from him um, about a month ago, right? And, like, it's not anybody, like, it's not criminals or anything like that. It's It's just people who are trying to have a better life. Who like um are just looking out um you know for their children and I know this is not a part of my background story. It's just like you know what I mean. It's <laughs> no, it's just, important. Um, it's just something. Yeah, um, it's something that like um like, has been on my mind because I just saw that and it, it's it's like frustrating uh, that I feel that I can't do much about it. Like it's at at this point, I I feel like it's out of our control. Yeah, um, yeah, this, this, out of our control. It's to the extent where like um we choose our politicians and stuff like that. I yeah. don't know why hands <laughs>
1: matter.
0: No, it's important. And like um, ice, like the current politicians are giving ice completely like arbitrary control and. No one's being held accountable CBP is not being held accountable by anyone and it's it's terrifying
3: yeah it's it's really scary it's really scary because you don't know um, you know to what extent it's gonna go like it's pretty bad right now um, in my eyes but it could get like worse and we don't know how far it's gonna go at the moment mm-hmm. which like is the very part for me.
1: For example, um, one thing that was really scaring me a couple months ago was when Trump was talking about stepping up denaturalization process. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Because I was like, you're going to drag people back into this hell? And how far is it going to go? Is it going to affect my parents who, were, um, who became citizens in the 80s? You know?
2: Yeah.
3: Right. I mean,
1: that shit is uniquely terrifying.
3: Just like- that is, yeah. and um who gives him who gives him the right you know what i mean like um i know he is um our president but like who gave you the right to speak like that i like i i don't know it just blows my mind how some people um you know can like just back him up yeah it's like you don't know anything you just um assume
1: yeah especially with our legal system which goes out of its way to make it accessible only to lawyers and is pretty hostile and harsh to anyone who doesn't have an attorney or the means for one Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: yeah yeah it is elitist and classist and like the u.s government um expects people who cross like cross the border and like are seeking asylum the u.s government expects them to have the resources and knowledge of what attorneys to reach out to and yeah yeah the burden is completely on, like, when we're talking about asylum context, like, putting all the burden on someone fleeing their country. Anyone who can back that up and, yeah, support that system, I just can't comprehend.
3: No, I just feel like, you know, these people are just, um, are stuck, uh, in a bubble and they don't understand, you know, what these people, um, are going through. So, like, if you spend a day or a week, um, in their shoes, I feel like, Know, um your mind might change right um mm-hmm. or your point of view might change because um these people are so stuck in their way of life or like in their little um suburban you know like town where they didn't see um any issues um or crime or whatever they're just like yeah like it's perfect I don't know why you're fleeing your country like um I don't even understand you know, like why you're here but if you went over there and like you saw the situations, you know, that these people are in, you might change your mind. You might understand and be a little bit more empathetic, you know, to them um, and their situation. hmm That's true. I mean
1: I hate to down on that though. But like for example, I have a Republican aunt who is who fled from Lebanon with the rest of my family and who still votes Republican and still is cool with Trump to this day. And it's oh, mind blowing. Yes.
3: It's yeah, and infuriating. it's um I have some family member like that too. Really? Yeah, and it's just like um I made it and I'm better than you now because I made it. So like um I'm gonna look down on you and like um it's those kind of vibes you know that you get from them. They're just like yeah um I did it you know so can't you? But every person has a different um you know, like life story um and circumstance. So, um, each journey is not the same. So, like, it sucks, especially, you know, when you see some family members, um, who have gone through that, um, and still... Just, like, trust their back. Yeah.
0: Wow. And you're, like, not everyone has the same external factors as each other. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah like, yeah i just don't understand and then like the family separation thing i don't get how that's in the u.s government's interest either um to separate families and like and then at the same time they're like oh we don't want immigrants to become a public charge and you're like okay so you're going to take away a child support system that's your solution exactly. Ugh.
2: and then, like are these not like u.s citizens with rights like they should be able, like, yes, their kids, they should be able to have someone to represent them in court and yes. they should be able to have their families until, and that's, I'm pretty sure that was what the process was meant to be, like, where their parents stayed with them until their process was complete.
0: Mm-hmm. But then what
2: Trump is doing is saying, like, now we're actually going to take them away. And it's like, no, that was never what was supposed to happen.
1: Right. Disruption, chaos, and isolation is sort of the end goal of this policy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a True. I yeah, it's really it's really disappointing too when like POC family members can't seem to find the empathy that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So about your podcast listeners, like what I guess what demographic do you hope to reach, and what demographic have you reached so far? Have you have you noticed?
2: Yeah. So we, although the name is in Spanish, um, we want to bring literally every POC out there and it's been I have to say it's been a little challenging at least for us because we like I said we want to have all walks of life for POCs regardless of what that is we've got mostly Latinx and uh, black folks and that's fine but we're missing other POCs and the more we have of Latinx and black folks it keeps attracting that same demographic and like I said it's fine but we do want to bring in other ethnic backgrounds as well. I think the challenge of anything for me, what I've noticed is that other demographics are not usually, I guess you can say as woke as others are. Yeah. Because I've searched so many different hashtags and I've searched so many different podcasts and it's been very difficult to find certain demographics. And when I find them, it's like one, and it's like not active anymore. And it's like, oh my God, like, Yeah, You know, like, what is happening here? It may be, like, the location, or I'm not sure, but, you know, it's, it can be a little challenging to truly get everyone that's a POC.
3: Yeah, um, I feel like it is also, um, it's our fault as well, because if I'm being honest, the people um, in my friend group, um, in my network, um, are Latinx, um, or Black folks. Mm Yeah. Yeah. of a majority of them are. So it's those people um, I surround myself with. I ask them if they know anybody who they um, know who they think um, should come on the podcast and stuff like that. So I feel like it's also it is our fault because um, I need to put a little bit more energy um, and effort into attracting other people. And to our show, yeah. So it, yeah, it is tough, and and like I we mentioned in the beginning, it's tough as it is to manage a whole podcast and have a full time job on the same note, but also like you know like we need to be putting in like a little bit of effort on there as well. Yeah, but we've been trying. I
0: get it. I I totally get it. Like, um, it's hard not to become kind of an echo chamber. Like that's what. I found to be a challenge for us too, um, because our name—it's—it's kind of like your name, you know. Our name definitely will attract like a specific demographic, which is great. But the queer Arabs reflects the name, like reflects the host, but not necessarily. The guests it's not intended to reflect mm-hmm. the listeners like all of the listeners but of course that name will attract one specific demographic but it would be nice to be able to expand and get our voices out to other other groups yeah navigating that has been a challenge for us too I totally relate on that. I guess on that note, since you've started the podcast, what are some challenges of podcasting that have come up that you didn't expect? Because I feel like this has been an adventure for us and things have come up that we just like never would have predicted. So I'm curious kind of what you've run into um,
3: so I've gotten so um, in the beginning I used to say a phrase I would be like be like hey guys um, in our opening you know mm-hmm. like line and I got um, you know some feedback that it's not inclusive if I say that so I didn't expect that at the beginning but like it makes sense so now I don't say hey guys anymore um, it is tough it is tough like Have to, um, I don't know,
2: to unlearn things. Yeah, especially Mm -hmm. because like in California, like you'll hear everybody say "Hey guys" a lot of the times, and like we use it as a very gender-neutral thing. Like I'll say when there, whenever there's a bunch of mixed people, not necessarily just straight cis males or just cis males. It would be just like in general. Like I've been in queer groups, and everybody's like "Hey guys," and Almost like nobody really identifies as a guy, but everybody's like, oh, hey, what's up? So it is tough to unlearn some things that you're very accustomed to, just so that you're aware that not everybody's in the same bubble that you are.
0: That has come up for us before. Um, Actually, we had some guests on. We had some guests on from a podcast called Ethnically Ambiguous, and they are also based in California. I grew up in the Midwest, the upper Midwest, and we used hey guys all the time as well. And so we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it's just a default for us, um, and it wasn't until I moved to Texas because I lived in Texas for a few years, where "Hey y'all" became more my default. Um, <laughs> and I think y'all, like I love the phrase y'all because of the inclusiveness. But before that, I was so I was just defaulting to "Hey guys" and not even thinking about it. So. Yeah, it, it is tough to kind of like get these automatic phrases out of our vocabulary.
3: Yeah, so we had, um, you like that one. And then it's also tough because you are a host of a podcast. You need to be a little bit, um, like more open, you know, like with your life.
2: And excited.
3: Yeah, and like that's kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> mm hmm. You know, like, I don't know if I should share this, if it's okay if I share that, or like, I don't know if I'm ready, you know, to say this or that, um, you know, but they like that. Um, Our listeners um, enjoy, you know, when we share about um, our lives, our solo episodes are probably um, our top two episodes, you know, where we just talk about, um, you know, who we are um, and what we do and stuff so like we're trying but it is a tough like, you know like what do I share or what do I do is it okay if I share this is my brother is he gonna be okay if if I talk about this on the podcast and stuff like that
2: yeah Yeah. I think because like you're kind of like in a way stepping into the, the eye like the public eye like into the entertainment industry and that's not something that you've really Think about when you're starting a podcast that like you're becoming a figure for a community and so people are looking at your feed, they're looking at your content, they're looking, they're in a way going to start to look up to you and the information that you deliver so you want to be able to make sure that you're doing it in a respectful way and you're very conscious, at least for us, you know, because you know that's very important to us and like i actually said to being open and kind of sharing everything that we like do it's just really hard because sometimes you'll be like oh this this would have been cute but like it already happened
3: oh, <laughs> yeah
0: okay yeah um it's a I it's feel a like bizarre we're,
1: i feel like we're sort of setting the mannerisms and expectations of a social media presence and a lot of this like and I think like the hey, hey you guys versus hey y'all is sort of a pretty cool encapsulation of that because I think a lot of people get really annoyed with the hey guys thing because if you use it in a personal context or even people you have a certain level of social trust and credit attached to that whereas if you're like on the web like you have none you're just some text with an audio file attached how much social credit do you have mm-hmm. you got to start building that from the ground up I think but yeah. that's just that's just me yeah
0: Yeah. it's tricky because podcasting is a intimate it has a a level of intimacy to it it's a conversation it's different from any other medium but then you're publicizing these kind of personal conversations and it's hard to figure out the limitations to that and like what things need to be modified for the public and then learning also like what you can take away from this medium into your private lives like I've I've definitely stopped saying, hey, guys, as my default outside of the podcast as well, like, outside of, like, just in personal conversations as well. Definitely interesting. And I've
1: legit started asking people their pronouns, like, new people at at work their pronouns, like, ironically.
3: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that is, like, it's a good thing. I also, like, um, in emails, I don't say, like, hey, guys, in my emails anymore. So, like, hey, team, you know, because nice. it's a mix of both. And, yeah, so, like, um, I write it out, and then I delete it. I'm like, no. <laughs> and then I write, like, a new phrase? Um, you're like, hey, everybody, um, or yeah. whatever. But, yeah, yeah, it's helpful. Like um it's tough in the beginning you know to hear that criticism, but at the end of the day, like it's very helpful
0: mm-hmm yeah, I've definitely had phrases kind of I, I've definitely gotten rid of a few phrases from my vocabulary since starting this podcast and yeah, it's been good yeah it's thank you it's a like we never stop evolving and learning which is nice
2: I was just gonna quickly add on that I also had to remove hey guys and I did it. I noticed I started to do it unintentionally um I and I started to just say hey folks but like you said it's a little hard to unlearn these things because you're in a comfort zone that you're like oh I kind of don't want to change you know but then you're like once you're aware you're knowledgeable of the oppression that other people face, you're like okay I'm definitely gonna take that extra step and do it like yeah. okay I'm just gonna like reword my whole vocabulary and accommodate myself for other people because that's the right thing to do for me
0: definitely <laughs> uh, yeah on one hand it's like oh shit I've been saying this my entire life can I get rid of it is it is it doable and then you're like yeah I just have to think about it Every time, for yes, as long as it takes. I just have to remind myself. Exactly. One other thing I wanted to touch on related to queerness. I listened to your Pride episode and loved it. So I was curious, what was San Diego Pride like? Uh, did you? Was it like well attended? What were your impressions?
2: I. You can go first, Ashley, because I have my bits on that.
3: Um, it was packed. Um, I've been going for a couple um, of years. In San Diego, I haven't been to um, a couple of other ones. I've only been to the one here in San Diego. It's a very big um, event. We have a parade. We have a festival. It's very packed everywhere. Like It's very busy. But to be quite honest, um, you know, for me, it was a shit show. Yeah. I was, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of drinking, a bunch like, of having fun. I want to sleep, um, at 6 p.m. <laughs> you did? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I totally you. Uh, for
2: me, for, for me, <laughs> similar to Ashley, it felt like a shit show, um, because everybody was drinking, and as we know, that's not, like, the purpose of Pride, you know, it was, yeah. it's to let people know that, like, we're here. Um, and you're not going to sh- um, shut us down. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's always the people that are like, okay, but where's the alcohol, though? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I think for me, and it's always been, like, once I learned about Pride and where it came from, it's this has always been, like, in my mind, it's always, always bugged me the fact that when you do go to Pride and you go to, like, the bars and the clubs, there will be packed with these white muscled men and i'm just like this is there's no diversity here mm-hmm. and there's absolutely no like inclusion of anything else and then you walk around and there's people enjoying themselves and you'll have your diversity and whatnot but most of the times you'll have like at the bars those kind of people that are
3: that's true so because because yeah, we even the...
2: went to like mm-hmm. the hispanic uh, like bar or club. Oh, I didn't go there. <laughs> oh, that was after Ashley went went away, but I went to the Hispanic um uh, bar. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to if anything dance like, to like two um
3: two bad bunny songs.
2: Two like bad bunny songs and then like maybe find <laughs> someone else or like find a group here." Every literally literally every bar was full of um white muscled men and I'm like, "This is not what I signed up for." Um, So I ended up just, like, kind of looking around, and it was a bunch of men, you could, you know, you can tell the difference when men are, or when people are showing off their body, and, like, look, if you worked hard for that body, and you went through a journey, congrats to you.
0: (laughs) There's yeah.
2: sometimes that presence from people when you know they're doing it to literally just show off and be like a thirst trap. And I'm definitely <laughs> not there for that when it comes for yeah. pride. I'm here to like literally celebrate, have a good time,
0: Totally celebrate
2: that we're still in this community. And there's bars mm-hmm. that I like would not go to. Like there's this bar, what is it? There's a bar on Wednesdays, they have this welfare Wednesday.
3: Oh, yeah, like, well, for one since
2: And the, ever since I found out about it, I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going to go to a place that... Oh, I go
3: there. <laughs> and
2: I personally <laughs> don't go because, it, to me, you're putting yourself above a, a group that doesn't have the socioeconomic means. And you're mm-hmm. kind of saying, like, oh, look, like, this day we'll have drinks that are cheap. Like, why does yeah. it have to be welfare? You know, like, it could be any other name. Like, I get it. It's catchy welfare Wednesday, whatever, Right, but, but
0: like why that it day? can yeah.
2: like it. Yeah. Like why welfare? And like, are you even doing anything for people on welfare? Are you donating the proceeds to, you know, like food stamps? Like right. I know it's literally just the name and that's like, that's why I'm, I walk around the gay communities with an open eye just to make sure that they're being inclusive, that they're not taking names. Uh, they're problematic yeah. Um, and they're not being discriminatory because that can happen a lot in queer spaces.
0: Yes. And yeah, like using the name welfare to make a profit, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we're reaching the the flip where you 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 will interview us. Um, can, can you let <laughs> can you let everyone know where they can find you on social media, etc., where they can find your podcast?
2: Yeah, so we are on Instagram and Twitter at La Gente Podcast. It's L-A-G-E-N-T-E and then podcast. And we'll be uploading all of our information for our uh, podcast on those two social media platforms. Um, as far as where you can listen to our podcast, you can listen to um, our podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts because it's not iTunes anymore,
0: mm-hmm. um,
2: Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet! That's where we are. Um, I found <laughs> I subscribed to your podcast on an app called Castbox, so you all can find Uh-oh. them on Castbox as well. Oh. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know. What, I didn't even
3: know. Awesome.
0: And you all can find us on iTunes and most podcast apps uh, at the Queer Arabs. We are reachable at thequeerarabs at gmail.com or on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Queer Arabs. And reach out to our Arabic side of the podcast, um, hosted by Ahmed, if you know Arabic at thequeerarabsinarabic at gmail.com. Uh, He's also on Twitter. Thank you both so much, Edgar and Ashley, for coming on. This was a uh, Honor to have you.
1: Yeah, Aww. thank you very much. Thank you both. Yeah. Um, so. Thank you for